Hello, welcome to episode three of the EdTech Distilled Podcast. My name is Adam Geisen. With me as always is David Lurch. Dave, how are you? Doing great, man. How are you? Great. Joining us today is Matt Weld, a good friend of ours from the Regional Office of Education uh, here in Southern Illinois. And uh, we're excited to have you on, Matt. Say hello. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be on. Yeah, you've got a big conference coming up, so I'm sure we're going to get to that. Uh, We'll talk about that in just a little bit. We also uh, did sort of want to talk about what we think uh, PD is going to be like um, post-COVID, because I know now we are, like, we just the other day got the word that things are starting to really, really open up, and we're hoping the schools will follow suit. Uh, And so when that, you know, when that world changes, what's professional development going to look like? And we know that you, you do a ton of PD. Uh, we do our fair share of PD as well, so we're going to sort of talk a little bit about that, and hopefully you've got some ideas, because I have no clue. So I think uh, that's a big part of what this I, podcast I, I is. I think no one has a clue about that. So Right. Well, and I think that's great. That's perfect. Let's be the first ones to come up with the great ideas. and then yeah, We're, we we're breaking all, ground uh, here. Yeah, we're absolutely. Breaking ground. And you know it's serious, because Disney has dropped the mask mandate. So if Disney has said in the parks you don't have to wear a mask a certain part, we are moving forward. Right. So we all follow... Disney. I mean, that's what I do. Yeah. I don't know about anybody else, but that's. I've already opinion. set aside my frozen where I'm going to freeze my uh, my head after I die because I know. Oh, Disney, yeah. Disney Disney do that. I mean, I that's, Fred Williams did it too, but I thought Disney did too. So I think that's, so that's another that's, episode. We right, got we'll a talk about some, episode like, coming up. So crazy theory that that's why like he came out with that movie Frozen to like explain. Oh, that's pretty deep. Oh my god, I never thought about that. Is that true? I heard that somewhere recently that like all the Disney movies, like there's some hidden reason why they were made. That's deep, man. Oh I'm going to get on okay. Reddit after this is done. Absolutely. <laughs> like where it came from. Lots of legitimate information on Reddit for sure. So so when I call in sick tomorrow, I'm just going to make sure that they know that <laughs> I went down that rabbit hole very deep. It got real deep. <laughs> yeah. And now you're broke, but you've got your cryogenic uh, chamber all set. Prep. Ready to yeah. go out there in LA somewhere. Correct. So before we jump into uh, to that topic, we do have a couple of new things that we want to sort of uh, just sort of let folks know about. Uh, three things that we're going to talk about really quickly. The first is a new Google Meet layout, and that's something that should be appearing on uh, school districts. If you're on the rapid release uh, or even the scheduled release, it's going to start showing up here in the middle of May, end of May, early June. Uh, and that layout, we'll talk about that briefly. Uh, Dave's going to talk a little bit about Seesaw and some new changes with Seesaw. And then very briefly, I'm going to talk about uh, the new speak to um, or select to speech uh, feature and the screen capture feature that is showing up in OS 89, which some of you should be seeing now at this point, too. Uh, But so really quickly about the new Google Meet layout. So again, rapid release. This is coming out within the next few weeks. The controls have changed. Some of the things that people had complained about using Google uh, Meet were the big white bar at the top and the or the bar at the bottom and then the top and that the hang up button is right next to the mute button. I don't know if you guys ever do this on your phone, but I have hung up on more meets because it looks like the mute button. It's crazy. They've changed that on the Android. Um, also in the computer version, they've sort of they've taken the white bar and it's black. It's see-through now, so it takes up less space. You can pin um, presentation screens, but you can also unpin presentation screens so that you can see more people while it's going on. Um, all sorts of stuff has been built in, raising your hand. Uh, so stuff that you've seen before, it's got sort of a new shift, uh, but there are some pretty cool features as well uh, to be able to see things while you're presenting. That was one big thing that teachers complained about was not being able to see, had to have another device to see your kids while you're presenting. And even that was difficult because it took up a bunch of space. So um, they've done some some major changes with that. So um, there's a blog post on uh, Google support. If you just search up new changes, new Google Meet layout, you'll be able to find some information about that. There's a bunch of podcasts too. We'll throw those all in the show notes. So check that out. Uh, Dave, tell us a little bit about Seesaw. Yeah. So Seesaw for us, uh, especially in the pandemic, became the go-to learning management system for our primary teachers and those students. So uh, we we hit the ground running. We had pre-K, uh, K-1-2, all using Seesaw. And uh, I mean, a shout out to that faculty and staff members because they did that completely on the fly in the middle of this and they rocked it. But I think a big thing that Seesaw has uh, initially been set up for is a portfolio. It's just a portfolio where you save your students' work and teachers can upload activities and manipulate it, but it wasn't made to be an alternative to Google Classroom. And I think Seesaw has realized that, hey, we have this amazing tool. And so we need to figure out a way that we can rival Google Classroom because... Uh, there are some Google options 
for the littles. And there's a lot of great things that you can do with that, but I don't think there's a good way outside of some of the premium features that they offer where you can really facilitate that stuff with the littler kids. And so they're offering this thing called the progress button in Seesaw. So traditionally, when you post something in Seesaw, you can see uh, what's been assigned or you can see any updates from the teacher, any messages. And they've added a fourth option there where you can check the progress. And the cool thing about progress is it's exactly like what you see in Google Classroom from that teacher view where you can see a breakdown of I've assigned this on this date. Here's how many kids have started it. Here's how many kids have finished it. And then here's how many kids have not completed that assignment yet. And the thing that I like the most about it, and just doing a quick Google search for Seesaw Progress, pops up an awesome YouTube channel um, that they keep, that Seesaw keeps. And if you don't subscribe to it and you use Seesaw, I would suggest checking it out because they do really informative and effective videos that are short, three minutes or less, and they cover any big updates that Seesaw does. Uh, but in that, it goes over how you can use that progress option. And the nice part is that's going to be available to all teachers and administrators that are signed up for Seesaw, uh, whether or not they use Seesaw Plus or they use the free version. Now, I know Seesaw Plus is going to be significantly more in-depth as to what you can do, where I believe the free version as of right now is pretty basic what you see. Uh, the thing that I like from my perspective with it is I am a Seesaw administrator in our school district, and I run one as a teacher as well. And I can hop on the administrator side, log into another teachers and check the progress on their end, which is really cool because if I have a teacher who is trying to share something with another student, or there's some confusion on whether or not something was completed, I can just pop on to, you know, Mrs. Jones class, go to that assignment and say, hey, yeah, Billy didn't turn this in or it's not showing that. So brand new update for Seesaw. And I know Seesaw doesn't release mass updates like Google does. They tend to trickle them out over the course of a year and they might get three or four, but this is a game changer. I think this is going to be a really big one, especially for those primary grades. And you're talking about the, like the free version and the paid version. I know there is a, yeah. Yeah. It's the Seesaw plus I think is the paid the version. Paid one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I believe, and I, I, I believe they option, they uh, offer it for both. I just believe the Seesaw plus one, it's kind of like the calendar you have on that. I know the calendar on Seesaw, if you pay for it, there's a lot more that saves. Whereas if you have it for free, I think it only lasts for, a, for about a month that you can check those assignments. So. Gotcha. Sounds good. Last update we've got is one that people should start seeing uh, when, and I know in Illinois, all of the tech director people are told to pause their Chrome updates during IAR testing because they don't want to screw up what the computers do. So at some point, hopefully, your tech people will remember to turn that off and you can start getting these new updates because version 89 is pretty sweet. It really um, is. There's there's some funky little things that have been added to 89. So make sure you tell your IT people to turn that off. I need to do that now. I think we just finished testing. Um, so I'm ready. But uh, so two things that are pretty cool. The first one is a is a built-in screen recording. Now we talk about Loom, we talk about Screencastify. Mm -hmm. Those are awesome tools, and I would definitely not say go away from those tools because they have so many cool features. But if you're looking for a quick and easy screen capture, video screen capture that's built into Chrome, it's already there for you. You can turn it on by clicking in the little the clock in the bottom right hand corner of your Chrome OS, and then you can turn on. It's right there. It says screen capture, and you just simply turn it on. When you turn it on, your screen goes gray. You can drag an area to capture. You can do pictures. You can do video. Uh, you can do all sorts of cool stuff. So that's like built in, and people have been asking for that for a while. So that's there in version 89. The second thing that I love is a built-in text-to-speech function. Mm -hmm. Same thing. This is an accessibility now. So if you just click on the clock in the bottom right-hand corner, then click on accessibility, um, you can turn on select to speech uh, or select to speak, and then. Uh, when you do actually, you, there's a little icon that'll show up to the right of your clock. When you click it and turn it on, you can then drag a big purple box, and you probably won't be able to hear it, but Chrome will read things to you. So that's pretty awesome. It's not doing it right now because I'm not sharing my screen because that was silly. But um, I'm watching it read to me, so it's pretty neat. So something cool to check out in version 89. I know that your kids, if you have any kids who have issues with reading or need to have things read to them, that's a great mm -hmm. built-in feature that you don't have to go to extensions to do. Um, so check those two things out. All right. So those are our updates. We are totally up to date now, right? There's no new ed tech stuff that's coming. No, nothing, nothing has come up on Twitter. No one's posted anything. There's no good hashtags. That's literally been those three things. You know, I really like that Google is moving towards those accessibility tools because 
I, I think that, uh, and we'll, we'll get more into this from the PD side of things, but I, uh, with our guest here, but I think that as we kind of reach this next, you know, 2021 and beyond, uh, we're really finding out how we can use this technology to help kids when they're at home or in school. And, uh, I'm really excited to see what people are coming up with because just the screenshot option that we've had in Chrome forever. And now the screen recording option, it's a game changer because it's so easy to use. And it takes five minutes to teach a group of kids how to use this. I just think it's so cool to see the the uh, the route that we're going with this stuff. Yeah, and you talk about animated uh, videos. People always do like animations in Google Slides, where they'll throw pictures and make characters move one slide at a time, like uh, like stop motion stuff. Right now, you've yeah. got a built-in recorder to do that too. I mean, these kids are going to be professional uh, filmmakers here pretty soon. Yeah, pretty soon, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so, Matt, um, sorry that you've been sitting there listening for a while, but we've covered a lot of information. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into EdTech, and and um, how you found yourself where you are now. <laughs> I don't know that we have that much time, but <laughs> I'll make it brief. <laughs> so, um, well, I didn't start. I started in education, didn't start till I was 30. So um, had a few other careers before then and finally landed in education. And so I went back to school to get my teaching certificate. Um, and taught seventh grade science and language arts for 10 years. And then I was assistant principal junior high for three. Then I was a tech coach for five. And then I've been in this position for um, four, five, something like that. So working with the regional offices of education here in downstate Illinois with these guys. So, so Matt, yeah, it's kind of weird because I've met each of you separately and now mm -hmm. you're together. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you found each other. <laughs> I like to say I bullied my way into our friendship is yeah. what I think happens. And I actually think that happened in both of you. I think I bothered you both until uh, you were just like, look, I will respond to your email. Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, ironically enough, that's actually how I got my wife to marry me. So there you go. Oh, look at that. See, hey, everything you know. works out. It goes, in, it goes in roundabouts. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Matt, you used to teach at Triad. I did. Right? Yeah. So That's my former district. And I think that was even, I think it was like right before I got there. Or like there was a little bit of an overlap. Maybe you were at the middle school and I was at the high school. I don't remember. That was 98. Yes. And I started in 01. So I think there, there was a little bit of time there. But regardless, um, and then we, Mike and I came, uh, Mike Will, this was another guy who did ed tech stuff with me at, at Triad. We would do some consulting. We came out to your former district, did some presentations there. Uh, and then the relationship just blossomed. We keep bumping into each other at conferences and also do dinner up in Chicago. That's right. And... Oh, we've had a number of those. Yeah. I know. And now I'm so excited that it's back in person. Why do mm -hmm. we're talking about the IdeaCon? It used to be the ICE conference um, up in Schaumburg, um, Illinois. And if you are listening to this and you are able to go to that conference, you should go. It's fantastic. I saw the call for proposals just came out. Just came out just mm -hmm. the other day. So mm -hmm. we're pumped about that throwing some in there. So anyway, so Matt, um, how has COVID changed your job? I know that's a big, big question. Um, personally, it didn't really change it much because I, I work from home now because, you know, most it's technology, right? Right. Um, and then a lot of COVID, I was, I kind of sat back one day and I was like, you know, this is like tech coaches dream come true. Everybody needs me. Everybody yep. is finally accepting the stuff that I've been promoting for nine years or something crazy like that. Cause I started, I kind of, you know, I went from like administration into a tech coach position, like the first one that the, that the district had, mm -hmm. it was with iPads. Right. Oh, and God. so people are like, you're going to, that's a, like a demotion. I'm like, no, no, totally new challenge. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to look at it. It's a totally new challenge. Yeah. Totally new challenge because like, I don't have a tech background. So I, yeah, everything's been oh, learned really? by just doing so. What drew you to technology? Was it just something that you used in your class or was it just kind of became the token? Like I'll try this out in my class guy or, or what kind of led you, led you that right? Well, I was yeah, an early adopter with the class that was, you know, when the tech director was like, here's this Google thing and you don't have, you can get it from anywhere you are that I was sold. I was like, I'm in. And I never <laughs> went back. Like I went full into Google way back 
when our district first offered it all those years ago. So that's cool. Yeah. So, so COVID has kind of moved you home. So COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So I work at home and whatever. And then, but it's, so I don't get out to schools as much as I did. Sure. Um, I was going, you know, traveling to different districts, north, all the way up to Springfield, south, down Sparta, you know, Colterville way. And that like stopped. Except oh. for that one that Prairie de Rocher down there. That's like, they were in. Yeah. No matter what. <laughs> there are then, some pockets of Illinois where COVID never really hit. Right. Or, yeah. or the schools were so small that they didn't have to like social distancing at right. lunch and everything. That was not right. a big deal. Yeah. Right. You know, like that wasn't a thing. So, so yeah. And then people just wanted technology, everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So people, when this whole thing first started, I used to get comments all the time. Anytime I would run into somebody and, and they're like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I'd, you know, I, I do technology for a school district. And they're like, oh my God, that must be horrible. I'm like, horrible. This is my Super Bowl. Like, this is exactly what I've been working for the last, you know, seven, eight years. And now the whole government says, hey, Adam was right. Like, that's yeah. <laughs> that's what uh, that's what COVID meant to me. Um, right. Yeah. So you were already working on a lot of remote learning and like self-paced learning for teachers during PD um, with Teach Illinois system with the, the platform for online learning. Um, so has that picked up? What's what's going on with that part of it? So. Yeah. So the desire is kind of weird because people are slowly trickling in like, right. So not only are kids learning online, right now, teachers want to learn online and teachers right. want to be, have that kind of asynchronous experience. Like just today I submitted a administrator Academy proposal to ISBE on how to create good asynchronous PD. Right. So that districts can start making their own PD libraries without it having to be just a, somebody doing a, you know, a PowerPoint presentation right. or something like that, just recording it, which is a thing and which is better than nothing, right. you know, but you do right. want a little more engagement than that. But anyway, so I see that because of COVID people want on-demand PD. Mm -hmm. I mean, back, you know, several years ago, it was like the big thing was, I want to be able to choose my own PD. I want to personalize it. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So oh, now they want to go a that. step further mm -hmm. and, and personalize it whenever they want it. Right. Right. So, yeah. You know, and there's a lot of discussion and I was, um, the Illinois tech coaches, Dave, are you part of that group? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. And Matt, are you part of that group too? The Illinois tech coaches, the, uh, Nicole uh, Zampano, I can't oh, remember yeah. how to pronounce Through her the name. LTC. Oh, the yeah. LTC. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So Illinois folks, if you're listening, the LTC is a great uh, source for professional development as well, uh, along with the ROEs in your or in your area. Um, but they there's this uh, this conversation that's coming up, and I'm not going to be able to make it because it's uh, happening on our last very last day of school, and I know I'm going to be running around like crazy. And there's there's a panel with three tech coaches talking about their badging systems. Um, which I think this is a lot of what you're talking about, Matt. And this idea has been around for a while. This isn't a new idea with PD and teachers getting badges and things like that. But I really do think that this is going to, while it was sort of a fun off the cuff idea in the past years, I think this is something that may stick as we kind of go forward. Um, I know the IPA has just put out, they've started doing micro credentials too. Um, I know because I built their platform, but that's a humble brag right there. Uh, but uh, uh, I mean, and I think so. I think this is something that's going to that's going to continue. And I and I think the idea that like you said on demand PD when they want it, and as fast as they want it, or as slow as they want it, is what we're going to have to start providing as tech coaches. Yeah, I think it's that self paced aspect too. I know that when we were looking at our PD for the next school year, the twenty one twenty two school year. Uh, we were putting aside those days to run in-person sessions. And I had brought up, it's not worth bringing people in to do that. It's not because we don't know what the landscape is going to look like. And if we could have that option of, you know, getting somebody to pop up on a Google meet or give us a recording or do something like that, where then teachers could view it on their own. I think there's a lot of strength to that. And you take some ownership in that stuff. And frankly, it becomes easier to sort through what's appropriate and what's not, because that's something that 
I'm always talking to, you know, the PD that my driver's ed instructor needs is not going to be the same as my English three teacher. And there are some things that'll benefit them all. But if, I, if you can get something a little bit more specific to them, I mean, what a great opportunity, you know? Yeah, I saw today someone forwarded me something from the ELN, the Ed Leaders Network, that's um, supported by, I believe it's IPA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and they have this, they did this thing with Harvard, the district in Illinois, Harvard, um, <laughs> where they had like, um, where you could choose like on Wednesday, it was like, pick your own PD Wednesday. And then they would have the, their coaches, instructional tech or whatever from their district on live webinars and then all running concurrently. And then people could pick which webinar and then they were recorded and put up on teach or not teach Illinois, but ed leaders network. For hmm. future reference. I thought that was that's a slick a, idea. So. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. We could do the same thing with Teach Illinois. It's just, <laughs> I just need a district to do that. I was going to say, <laughs> it needs to be more than one person. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's a really interesting idea. So, so like, okay, so run it through me real quickly. So they had like multiple coaches all on different webinars and then yes. you just picked whichever one you wanted to go to, but that you, you could reference them all later. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's like conference style. It's like what the the IETC did, mm -hmm. where they had multiple sessions running at once, and you can kind of pop in and out and do all that. That's a, yeah. that's a cool idea to do your PD. And I don't know. I I'm surveying the staff next week to see how they want to do. Do they want more me standing in front of them and saying, "Here's Google Docs, and here are these things," or do they want more of, "Hey, like I need ten things for you to tell me you want to know in a Google form." And then on these PD days, you just got to pick one of these things that I've put together to check out and, you know, just some way to do that. And I've even been talking to a few ROEs about how we can offer uh, CPD use through that too. Like, is, that, is there a way that we can offer that for teachers too? Because I'm not saying that educators don't want to take their time to learn more, because I, I do think most teachers will. But if you can kind of sweeten that deal for them even more, I think the buy-in is so much higher, you know? And we already offer that. If you, well, you know, put it somewhere like on Teach Illinois, where it's available then to everybody. And we, I've had some districts now coming to me in my Teach Illinois hat, where they're like, they, the the superintendent's like, can can we have access, open access to Teach Illinois for our SIP day? Oh, nice. I'm like, oh yeah, sure, we can make that happen. So, yeah. So for people who don't know what Teach Illinois is, just give us a quick rundown what that is. Yep. I know we mentioned it like 10 minutes ago and then just got, right. right. over it. <laughs> got off topic. There it is. <laughs> yeah. So teachillinois.org is the LMS. It's built on Docebo LMS, which is an enterprise level. We have like, they have you know, like, you know, Best Buy and Nabisco train their stat there, you know, people on it. But um, it's run by the five ROEs down here in area five. And we put PD up there. There's some administrator academies. There's some mandated trainings. There's some, you know, SEL, tech, social studies, science. And then it's it's all asynchronous. I mean, we have a few webinars here and there, but mostly it's asynchronous and people can just go and watch, do their little, you know, accountability piece, mm -hmm. whether it's a quiz or a written thing. We also run book studies monthly. Yeah. We did a, we did a race and diversity series this last year that was better attended than the teaching and learning series we've been doing for years. Mm. So That's good. really excited Great. about that. Yeah. No joke. Well that, you know, that kind of segues into a question I had and I just wanted your thoughts. Uh, so some of the PD sessions I've seen recently where in person we might be getting 40 people are pulling in the hundreds, you know, because if you're doing it online, it's a little bit easier to throw on your PJs and grab a cup of coffee at 8 a.m. and pop on and take notes versus I have to get up at six. I have to be on the road at seven. I have to be there at eight. Do you think a lot of ROEs or companies that facilitate PD are going to continue with the online component or do you see a shift away back to in-person or some type of hybrid of those two? I think it'll be hybrid. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people I talk to like, I can't wait to get back in person. Sure. You know, um, me, Matt, the introvert is like, Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I like sitting in here in front of my nice camera. Everybody bought me and everything. And <laughs> I never have to leave home again. Um, so it'll probably be a hybrid. My guess is that somehow those live presentations will have 
you know, an, an online version, it's hard to do. You know, you always have those meetings where someone has a laptop for those people at home. Right. And then you can't ever see anything. You yeah. Can't ever hear and they anything. don't contribute. There's not, it's hard for them to hear or hard for them, you to hear what they say. Yeah. Yeah. So somehow, I don't know if there's going to be a whole nother like tech person available that's going to run right. questions and run the video and all that kind of stuff. But I see conferences, conference attendance going way down. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like ICE, the idea people here in mm -hmm. Illinois, they teamed up with Texas. And I think that was a big success for them this last year and ran it right. for a whole month, wasn't it? Instead of just yeah. a week. It was. It was crazy. So I don't think that's going away. I think all the collaborations that now are happening, thanks to, you know, all this technology that we've been trying to push forever. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think we'll stay. You case know, in point. I, Dave and I haven't actually ever met in person. I don't think we've ever physically <laughs> been in the same room together. I don't know how tall Adam is, I so I'm no, a little concerned. I only know I only know his face and his shoulders. That's all I know. I don't <laughs> even know the top of his head. I can't always even see. I may actually be a puppet. Yeah. <laughs> it might be like a, a Jim Henson Muppet. Someone's operating. <laughs> we can go very deep with that if you yeah. want to. I mean, oh. we are all drinking, so. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. I cannot wait to get back in person. Like, I am so pumped. IETC is doing an in-person and a remote, so they're going to be doing both. Um, I love that IdeaCon is going to be in person. Like, I, that's the part of conferences that I love the most is is just sitting around with people and going out to dinner like we do and playing right. games in the lobbies of these hotels and like that's, I, it's like it's like totally getting to nerd out with a whole bunch of other edtech nerds. Like that's the greatest thing in the world to me. And um, and I'm I missed that this past year. I'm like really really did. So I'm excited to get back in person. But you're right. It's gonna have to be. You know, it's gonna be the diehards that are gonna go to the conferences and the people who you know have, I don't know, lots going on, families, and I mean that. Well, you that combine that with is easy. The subs shortage and oh yeah, totally. It, yeah. Well, conference participation was already going down. I mean, right. for the directions conference. You know, and I and I would talk to you know Amber Hefner with IdeaCon and and you know the people over at uh, METC and yeah they were fighting for people too even before COVID. Right. So, well, and we and we have to say that the lineup that Matt has for oh it's a great uh, one for directions is unreal. I mean, the keynote speakers alone are worth the price in my opinion. Oh yeah, and the sure. best part is as the guy who put them together, I got to talk to all of them. I did a I did a backstage with yeah. them. Cool. That was so much fun. I bet. <laughs> just talking about nothing. We weren't allowed to talk about anything, you know, just, just education chatting. related. That's cool. Yeah, that's very cool. So, yeah, there's some great people in that list. Oh, and so by the way, I uh, mentioned your podcast to Michael Matera, and he's like, oh my God, that sounds like something I would totally love. So, yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. he, um, so you need to, you need to connect with my, him and we definitely him, I like. I don't want to call him a mentor because he hasn't really mentored me, but like I've listened to like every single one of his podcasts and I, we were lucky enough to meet at IETC um, this past. Actually, it's really funny where I first met him was in a gas station in Maryville, Illinois. And no. you, Dave, have you ever listened to his podcast? Do you, yeah. do you know mm -hmm. Okay. So, oh, oh yeah, he's awesome. He's, he's got like a very distinct voice, like kind of a nasally distinct voice. I totally recognize it. I well, now he won't asked, be going on our podcast. Oh no, not anymore. Just, but like, you know, because I told him this. He uh, so I so I'm pumping gas, and I hear behind me this guy like yell. I he yelled at his daughter or whoever was going inside. You know, something like, "Yeah, just give me a diet coke." And I'm like, "Whoa!" And I turn around, I'm like, "Are you Michael Matera?" He's like, "Yeah." And so we just happened to meet, took a picture, I sent it. Uh, he had just met with Mike, who I was working with at the time at Ist or at um, Isti, yeah, out in. Chicago it was in Chicago that year. And um, so he had talked about, you know, us being on his podcast. And so of course we made that work and he was on my podcast. Then I ran into him at ITC and he looked through my gamification app and gave me a bunch of pointers and like totally, totally changed the redesign and things I had never thought of. So like, I owe him a ton. So I, uh, but that'd be awesome. If he would be on, I was, he's on my list actually. He's on episode. I don't have the numbers, but one of we them all about gamification. He's on there. We've got a list. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's great. Well, I'm glad you mentioned it. I'll, I'll bring it up to him. Then. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, he's great because he, he was great at ITC. The rest of that list that you've got coming 
Uh, and I'm, I'll pull it up here. But well, we got right Eric here. Kurtz. Yeah. I mean, Eric, Eric, let's be honest. Eric Kurtz would probably be worth it. Just he's a celebrity I mean, for sure. Yeah. If I if I could just mind meld with Eric, oh my god, my life would be complete because right. I would know everything. Correct. Yes. I want to know where he has the time in his life to make all of the content. I mean, he is like, it's like he wakes up in the morning and just content exudes out of him onto YouTube and onto his website. Right. But the kicker is he has a day job. I know. That's what I mean. It's crazy. Right. He's just so good. So he's going to be great. I'm going to pull up the list. Who else is on this list? Uh, Julie Smith. Mm -hmm. Who's one of the funniest people I've ever met. So uh, she works at Webster and she's going to be talking about social media and all that kind of stuff. So she, she was at IETC this past year too, wasn't she? She was, she yeah. was great. She was absolutely great. Yes. Yeah. So she's fantastic. Um, she's got these media minutes coming out on camo X out of St. Louis coming oh, really? up here pretty soon. So they reached out to her to like get some media literacy just out to the public. So she's working with them on that. Oh, wow. And they're going to be putting together a short little podcast, you know, like one of those few segment, you know, yeah. definite lifespan right. podcast. Sure, type sure. Um, and then Kiera uh, Vargas. I've, she's one of those two people like you two. Like she and I have done a bunch of stuff together, but I've never met her because she lives in Tennessee. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So she's done some admin academies and some webinars for us. And she's going to be a keynote speaker on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Which I'm really excited about. She's a fantastic, very warm, personable person. Um, very cool. And then Jason and Kim Kotecki. I saw. Um, I, I don't think I've ever heard of those two. I'm no, sure. you probably haven't because he's a professional artist. Oh, like my an God. illustrator. And he uses his. So of course, his presentations are all his original oh, artwork, sure. right? They're amazing. Cool. Um, and they're whimsical. Um, and so his story, he used to go on the road just by himself. I saw him, are we three brought him in for, a, a, you know, their whole conference thing. Um, so I went up to Effingham it was and saw him there. So he has a really cool message, but the cool thing about COVID is now he and his wife now do it together. So now that he's started doing all his presentations at home, you know, she used to be just take care of all the details and mm -hmm. the flight reservations and whatnot, but now they present together. That's cool. So, yeah, really cool. I'm trying to imagine what it would be like if my wife and I presented together. I don't think it would go well. You don't think so? I, think, oh. I told my wife, I, as much as I love you, honey, and respect you and your organization, my type B personality and your a plus personality. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't jive there. <laughs> oh, I cheat. Tony would, my wife would get fed up with my jokes. I would say something thinking it's hilarious. And she's like, Oh my God. It's like how we spend our relationship is her <laughs> not laughing at my terrible jokes. She, she'd have <laughs> to uh, give the fake laughter. It would totally be pity laughs. Like, Oh, yes. ha, 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 ha. anyway, <laughs> back to the real information. Yes. Steph and I actually oh, had to do cool. that once. We uh, we had this has been a, a while ago, but we both presented on um, a, a tool uh, Freckle with our students, and uh, so we had it was just totally random that somebody had reached out to both of us, not realizing that we were married. Really? And uh, yeah, so I came home and I was like, "Hey, uh, I got to ask." I mean, this I was this has been like eight years ago, but she was like, I was like, Hey, I got this. And she's like, what I did too. And so then we presented together and it, it you know, it went okay. Uh, it, I was, I kind of let her take the lead. She's, she's, I am much more, uh, yes. I, I, I mean, I got a daughter and a wife. <laughs> yeah, I know what's absolutely. up, but I, I'm much more like, give me like six talking points that I can talk for two hours. And she, you know, she's much more structured and scripted. And I just kind of took that and just fed in where it went. And then I kind of facilitated to the people one-on-one. -on -one. It, it worked okay though. I mean, it, it was, it was all right. Cause I was expecting us to be done and her to be like, look, we need We're to talk. Ever doing this right. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for us to have this conversation finally. Uh, all right. So we, after that whole conversation, I think we've come to the conclusion that we have no freaking clue what PD is going to look like post COVID. I think it's going to uh, look like think, school, though. I think it's going to look like what school has looked like this past year. Well, you yeah. know, Matt, Matt's talking about working with Rocher, right? And Rocher is is unique because it's kind of uh, isolated in its area from uh, the other school districts around. It's part of another district. But everything. It, 
from everything. That's what I was getting <laughs> at. Trying to say it nice. <laughs> that's where I get my lawnmower fix. So that's a good thing to put in the podcast. But um, so like Roacher does their thing, right? And I've noticed in our area, every school has a different solution for solving their COVID problem. And what I think is is going to be interesting to see is what education looks like after the fact. That's a whole other topic, but I think it goes with PD too, because I think you're going to see places that are going to say, okay, these 10 things are our strengths. We do these things well, so we have to make this work in this new future. Because I, I don't know how many schools are going to go backwards. I think a lot are going to want to go back to five days a week, eight to three, everything's the same, parent-teacher conferences twice a year. But I think that we have fundamentally shifted and uh, I, I know we were talking about our conferences this year, just recently in a staff meeting, and uh, it was the highest attendance we've ever had at the high school. Traditionally, high school turnout's not the best. And it was all based around the fact that parents could hop on a Google Meet and do a face-to-face like this, and we could talk about your kid. And so for mom who's working two jobs you know, downtown, she can hop on during her break, spend 15 minutes and hear how great her kid is doing. And... Uh, I just wonder if PD is going to look the same, if it's going to be so unique everywhere, just because we're all, there's no uniformity to it. You know, it's all based on your strengths and that ability that you have to present information and the tools that you have to do it. But Matt, I think you're right though. I think the idea of having to have PD on demand at the moment that you want it, and then you can shut it off if you need to. Um, You know, I think a lot of people are seeing that education is hard and this past year, being a teacher has been twice as difficult as it was before. All of our jobs in education were twice as difficult this past year. So if there's anything we can do to make a teacher's job easier, they shouldn't they shouldn't have to work really hard to become a better teacher. I mean, that shouldn't be a difficult thing. So hopefully tech coaches and people in our position, you know, see that and, and we don't just take a step back to what we were doing before and teachers have to take time. Instead of going to get their kids, they got to sit in an hour session and learn about something they may or may not really be interested in. You know, I mean, I think the personalized idea is what is what should be. If well, it like doesn't, said, then that's a problem. But like I said, really hope that the momentum that people have moving forward and meeting the families where they are, you know, education, as we know, is this huge gargantuan thing that, that moves so slowly it's been pushed like COVID has like been this huge, like dynamite blast and it's tail end. And like we've budged significantly and yeah. we just need to keep going that direction. Um, so I just hope that the leaders in each of the districts say, okay, we're not going back. Right. right. Um, I was, I heard there's some legislation that's supposed to be passed tomorrow about you can only get remote learning like you can't use your vaccination status um, as a reason to get remote learning. Hmm. Is that the one from the from the state superintendent? What she's proposing to the board? I think so. Is that yeah, because that's uh, my superintendent read that to me today, and it was very much a there is no remote learning essentially. Which I have mixed them up. I mean, right? I thought it was really stronger than it probably needed to be. Um, I totally agree with you. I think there are some definite cases where there are going to be people who are at risk and people who, you know, have real medical issues that shouldn't be sending their children to school. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, and some people still, have thrived. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We totally. don't talk about that too much, but that does happen. Definitely. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I think like you said, the, the introvert um, can be successful in this situation, I think. You, you know, what's interesting. We we're looking at screencasting tools right now as a district and I surveyed the staff and I just said, Hey, is this something you want to get or not? And, um, it, it's not been, I want to get this because I'm concerned about COVID next year. I have a lot of teachers who want to have a tool that they can use to facilitate learning for kids when they're sick. So they don't have to worry about going back and reteaching a lesson or just sending home some junk worksheets are doing that. You know, I I had a math teacher tell me, and this guy is not techie. He came into this this year. He was like, hey man, last year, all I wanted was whiteboards and markers. Now I'm trying to figure out how I can record my class, upload that video, share it out on YouTube, you know, do what I need to do. And his idea is he wants to record his lessons every day uh, or prepare to record them if a kid is absent. So then he can just throw it on classroom for that kid, or he can throw those on classroom. So his kids can then go back and rewatch those lessons so they can help themselves. And I think that I, I feel like that might be 
the direction things end up going, you know, sans COVID, but we shall see. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting. I'm yeah, sort of excited and, and nervous and all that. That's one of the things that we're, one of the, the main theme of the directions conference this year is we're having some panel discussions on like, how can we move forward? Like, how can we take what we've learned both good and bad and move right. forward? Right. Yeah. Just can't. The one thing that I hate, that's like my, and I don't want to get onto pet peeves. My biggest pet peeve in education is the phrase, well, this is how we've always done it. And my fear is yes. that when we, when things go back to quote unquote normal, that will be like, okay, now we can get back to the way we've always done it. And that that's what makes me nervous about, about mm -hmm. the post-COVID education world. So yeah. we shall so see. So I hope that the teachers, uh, David, like you said, like your math teacher, I hope those are a powerful enough force in your school as right. models and examples that other people will follow. And I well, hope I that the, the um, teacher prep programs like expect their student teachers to be technically teach like they're, yeah. teach like they're going to be in, you know, COVID land again. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think that's where coaching becomes so invaluable because you, I mean, more, yeah. more so than ever, you're going to have to balance. Um, if you're, if you're an instructional coach, you know, uh, what are best practices in the classroom to support this poetry lesson versus I have social studies teacher who's trying to run a hybrid class because this is how they want to do it. And I have this person who's flipping their class. I mean, your, your coaches are going to have to be truly jacks of all trades because that is a lot of, mm -hmm. you know, maneuvering you'll have to do, but I, uh, you know, I think it can be a lot of fun. It can be really cool to see because the one thing I've seen in so many teachers, and of course, if I asked anybody right now, they would all tell me to leave, but uh, you know, this has brought out the best in our teachers. You know, I mean, it really has like, I've seen so many people just step up and crush it and they're out of their comfort zone. But again, if I, if I said that right now, if I said, I'm really proud of you guys, that would be, you need to get away from me right now because we are, we are at the end of the school year and, I, at, and best, I'm at the end of my string, at, at, right? At best I'm tolerable. So I think at the end of the year, it's like, get away from me now, David, calm down. So it's cool though. When you have people that you coached years ago, send you Facebook messages or emails and say, Hey, Thanks for all that coaching you did all those years ago. Hey, yeah, I mean it, it's 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 finally time you beat the drum, and now here's the here's yeah. that uh, that payoff. Yeah. So a couple final questions here as we are just wrapping up. Um, two things: what are you working on, and what are you drinking? Let's start with Matt. Matt, what are you working on in your life right now besides directions? We know that that is probably taking up like ninety nine percent of your time <laughs> at this point. Well, what else oh is God. going on in your life? Um, so we're moving. Now's the time. Yeah. So we're so, putting our house up for market. Uh, so nothing big along with this huge conference, right? right? No. Uh, yeah. We're just decided to downsize. You know, our kids are older um, and the market is too good. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's way too good. It's just too good. And so we've been talking about downsizing for a while. It's probably a, a year or two earlier than we would like, but yeah. we're like, we just need to just need to do it so yeah jump on we're it. not moving anywhere moving moving we're just gonna rent but yeah our house goes on market next week yeah well good luck well good luck so so yeah, what are you been... drinking that's oh the question, then. What i'm drinking yeah scotch neat what kind scotch of scotch neat? is it uh it's it's the costco brand oh i love that, that is, it, is it pretty good it is pretty good yeah because normally i drink you know like Glen Morangi or something mm -hmm. fancy like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Hey, don't sleep on that stuff though, you know, because because some of those uh like Sam's Choice or Costco or whatever, you know, people pass that over, but they're bringing it. Oh, yeah. This is legit. Like because some of them you, you try to drink them neat and you're just like, <laughs> you yeah. Know, <laughs> <laughs> like a yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but this one's actually pretty good. So yeah. cool. Yeah. Scotch is one of those things that I always, uh, I never really understood what good scotch tasted like, but I could always tell you what bad scotch tasted like. Oh, yeah. Exactly. There's a very distinct difference. Quite. And distinct. when you get good scotch, yes. You know, oh, I know. Yeah. You definitely do. Yeah. 100%. Well, my, my wife for Christmas gave me a sampler of uh, Johnny Walker's. It's got gold, it's got platinum, it's got another one, and then it's got blue. And the blue label is like, that is like top of the line. It's a big difference. Wonderful. Oh my gosh, it's so good. And I just like, I don't even want to open it because it's, good. I just like looking at it. But <laughs> I should at some point. 
Dave, what are you uh, what are you working on? What are you drinking? Uh, so uh, drinking, I'm gonna I'm gonna echo what Matt is saying here. I'm actually drinking Trader Joe's Kentucky Bourbon. <laughs> so e everyone, all of my buddies will make fun of me for how much I love Trader Joe's, but I'm gonna tell <laughs> you something. Thirteen bucks, you can get a dynamite bottle of Kentucky Bourbon, and that is as solid a stuff as I've had. And I mean, I'm talking, I've had Evan Williams, we've had. Um, you know, we've done Jack Daniels, all sorts of stuff. This is my favorite. It's very smooth. It's not super expensive. And uh, this is like, makes me sound like the worst father on the planet. But my daughter sings in the St. Louis Children's Choir. So when she's in her second grade choir <laughs> practice, I'll drive over to Trader Joe's. And if they have bourbon there, I'll buy like four or five bottles because they run out of it all the time. Oh my God. And so in the back of our car, pick her up from choir. Daddy, <laughs> sorry and i'm like sorry sweetheart i had a dad's got those bottles <laughs> in the back what are those if this not alcohol i'm just they're molotov cocktails don't worry about it so <laughs> and, uh, summer's coming up so what i'm working on right now i'm obsessed with i'm not a tiktok person um i don't get tiktok kids show it to me all the time i don't understand it i know it's an age thing it makes me sound like i'm an old man but i don't understand tiktok however I'm genuinely into cooking TikTok videos. So if you ever watch them, they're like 30 seconds or less and they'll lay out recipes. Mm -hmm. So I've been watching uh, grilling videos because I am obsessed with making good burgers. Like that's just all I want. My wife likes a good burger. My daughter likes burgers. So I'm always into like how people make good burgers. And Gordon Ramsay is my favorite burger person, but he carries around a meat grinder, a miniature meat grinder. I will not have a miniature meat grinder to actually <laughs> grind my hamburger meat. So we've been looking into different ways and I've been obsessed with cast iron cooking lately. Mm. So we've got a cast iron. I doing that in the oven this have, winter time. Have you really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have Finishing that. the pork chops and stuff in there. Yeah. I, so I have a cast iron pan and then I have a griddle coming and I'm really excited to try that out because my hope is after this year, I'm going to grill all three meals every day on my grill outside. I'm hey. just going to make breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Now that's probably not going to happen, but that's what I told my wife I'm ordering this for. So we're going to get our money out of this thing. So now it could happen. Are you talking about getting a Blackstone? I am. Yes. Yes. We have had ours for like a year, almost two and a half years now. And I just got, I got rid of my other grill. I've never at any point have I said, I need this other grill. The Blackstone, the flat top cast iron grill is the greatest thing ever. We actually did burgers on it tonight. And did I love really? it. Yeah, because it doesn't, uh, the grease doesn't go down. It's, I mean, you get greasy burgers, but like they are juicy and delicious burgers. Everything's mm. good. Steaks are good. Ste breakfast is amazing. Like we'll <laughs> do a whole, we'll do all the bacon. Then you clear the bacon off. Then you can do your, your hash browns on one side, do the pancakes on the other side, throw some eggs in there afterward. I mean, it's amazing. All so, in the bacon fat. Makes oh, totally. Matter. All of it. You do the bacon first. That's key. <laughs> you have me a bacon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's amazing. No, I mean, seriously, like, and it's not just one of those weird things that I thought, well, this is a fun fad. Like, I cannot go back to a regular grill. Just can't do it. Well, and my, and my daughter is, she's so into burgers. So she likes trying different burgers, which is, so we get a cow butchered every year. We do about a quarter of a cow, mm -hmm. but we'll do all ground beef because that's what the girls eat. They don't like right. They're not big steak people or they're not, you know, anything else I'm going to do. And so it's just like, how can I do this different ways? And so, yeah, yeah. well now that's a, that's a, that's a ringing endorsement for that. So, yeah, yes, it is. Well, it is. It's wonderful. Yeah. And what what my, about you? Okay. So this is super, super boring. So my, uh, what I am working on right now is terrible. My, I'm a tech director and I don't really have like a networking background, but yet I still need to know how to do all of those things. So I'm right now jumping into the CompTIA network plus like, I'm not going to get certified. I'm not going to take the test, but I'm going to go through. I bought a course on Udemy. If you guys ever use Udemy, it's a great way to learn. There's some really good teachers on Udemy. It's just a course, U-D-E-M-Y, and yeah. you can buy them. Usually they're on sale for like 10 bucks. That's how I learned to code was from two Udemy courses that I paid a $9.99 for. Um, wow. But anyway, so I'm doing this whole thing, and it's like taking up a bunch of time, and I'm trying not to fall asleep in the middle of them. But like that's all <laughs> of my emotion uh, when I have a few moments is to go through all of those. So hopefully that's the only time I'll talk about that, and I will have cooler things that I'm working on in the future. I've always wanted to take one of those master classes. Those seem so cool. I know. Yeah. They seem yeah. so much more interesting than what I'm doing. <laughs> but, but I need to know what happens when my internet goes down. I need to know how to fix it. 
Yeah, that's I'm, the one thing about, you know, if my job ever disappears, I'm like, oh, I could be a tech director. No. I mean, I'm <laughs> in a small district. Ball game. It would be different Hold in a big, game. it is, but it would be different in a big district. I'm in a small district. We just have two buildings. Like, it's not that terrible. I did all Google management, so that stuff isn't the problem. The issue is really like the, like, how does a firewall work? And how do you set up a new server and put Windows devices on these servers and make sure that everything's right and IP addresses? And I mean, like, I have a very limited knowledge of that and I need to be better at it. So that's my goal this summer is when I'm not hanging new flat panel TVs on our walls, I'm going through CompTIA stuff. So nice. anyway, yeah, super fun. And what I'm drinking right now, this is a bottle of stolen rock and rye. I don't know if it's backwards or not, if you can read it, but that looks good. Um, so this, I've never heard of a rock and rye. My parents bought me this for Christmas. My parents have like totally contributed to my, um, alcohol collection over the last few years. Um, but they bought this for me. It's out of a place in Ohio, but it's basically an old, it's a rock and rye recipe. It's just aged rye whiskey and then raw honey and orange peel. Uh, and mm. it's, it's delicious. It's all, it's not quite an old fashioned, but it's a little less orangey, a little less cherry. Uh, but just, it's super smooth. And then I looked up a recipe and I'm going to make my own rock and rye. So that, that'll be sort of fun. Mm, nice uh, but anyway, that's what I'm drinking. So all of that together is a great conversation. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, we uh, appreciate we were it. super pumped to have you on as our as our first official guest hey. on the EdTech Distilled podcast. We're excited to have you. Hey, that's quite the honor. I appreciate yeah. the invitation. Thank you. Yeah, this was fun. We appreciate it, Matt. This is great. Great way to start the show. So um, join us again next time uh, on episode four. We're not quite sure what we'll be talking about yet, but we'll be talking about something super EdTech-y. Uh, but thank you guys for joining us. Uh, again, I'm Adam Geisen. This is I'm David, David Lurch. David yep. Lurch, Matt Weld. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Check out the Directions Conference. Do you have a website for us? Directionsconference.com. Oh, so easy. Directionsconference.com. We'll <laughs> Teach Illinois.org. So Teachillinois.org well as well. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for joining us, and we yep. will talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks. <laughs>